Hello and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Between the Presets, a podcast by me, Rudy Stetner, that comes out every Monday evening. Here is the place where anything that can be said in polite company is fair game for discussion, even if it occasionally offends. Let's roll. Hello. It is Monday evening, the 20th of Shvat. 5784 on the Jewish calendar and the 29th of January 2024 on the secular calendar. I intend today to touch on a few topics, some uh, lighthearted on the surface uh, and others unmistakably serious, but let's roll with that. For years, I have uh, struggled to keep my weight under control. Lately, I have, by grace of God, managed to achieve some successes in that. To measure my success in weight loss or lack of same, I have a bathroom scale, a digital scale. In the good old days, we used spring scales, which were hopefully reasonably accurate, or the kind where you slide a weight back and forth, you know, several weights. One might be increments of one pound, others might be increments of 10 pounds, etc. This is digital, and uh, it has a feature that I'm supposed to be enchanted with, where it stores my previous weight. There is a manual for how to access and operate the memory on my bathroom scale. I cannot operate it. Being from the rotary dial generation. So I very quickly realized that what this scale was doing, and I step on the scale It tells me what I weighed yesterday or whenever I last had the courage to step on the scale and uh, doesn't tell me what I weigh now. Now, there's a way around that, but I only found one very primitive hack with this scale. There's a little coin-shaped battery on the back of the scale. And before I step onto it, I pull out that little coin-shaped battery. It erases the memory of the scale, and I then step onto it to uh, get a picture of where I stand at present. Of course, there are all kinds of uh, factors which can... um, make the weight the way in less accurate, such as did I just have a glass of water? Uh, did I sweat a lot? But that's another story. But I realized that I learned a valuable lesson from my bathroom scale. Sometimes memory can be a burden. I try to 
improve myself, uh, other people are trying to improve themselves. And sometimes we expect people to be like they were yesterday, and we don't give them the chance to become the person they want to be. People make all kinds of decisions, like I make a decision to try to cuss less, not to get upset when I uh, misplace my personal possessions in the house. A kid in school might decide that um, he feels bad about being a bully and he's going to try to stop that. And sometimes resetting the memory, um, uh, living down the mistakes of one's past can be, can take a while, you know, taking that little, it's not as simple as taking out that little coin shaped battery on the back of the bathroom scale, putting it back in and starting with a clean slate. There is a place for remembering the past. I think that is actually critical. It enables us to learn from one's mistakes and make wise decisions in the future. But there's also purpose for forgiveness and for forgetting. Uh, I am looking for a new bathroom scale that has no memory of the past. Uh, I think what I will do is keep a little eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper that I won't let anybody look at, which lists the date, the time of day, and the weight recorded. Um, and to uh, also note uh, what, what I was wearing so I could factor in uh, clothing. It's worthwhile knowing, for instance, when I step on the bathroom scale, that my underwear weighs 40 pounds and my socks weigh another 65 pounds, so I'm not really overweight. I am short for my weight, but eh, another story. Back in elementary and high school, I did not do very well in STEM subjects. You know, the sciences, mathematics, what have you. Uh, I discovered something online. I'm always looking for uh, new types of humor. So I found a story. A neutron walks into a bar. He orders a beer, asks the bartender, how much do I owe you? And the bartender says, for you, no charge. Now, of course, in chemistry, you have protons, which have a positive charge, uh, electrons, which have a negative charge, and neutrons, which have uh, no charge. So I thought that was pretty cute. The other joke I heard was the past, present, and future walked into a bar. It was a tense situation. And then there's the one where a photon was going through airport security and the security guard says, uh, do you have any luggage? 
So the photon says, no, I'm traveling light. And the last one of these jokes was, uh, there are 10 types of people in the world. Those who understand binary and those who don't. That is to say, like binary numbers. Just to explain that one, you go, when you have decibel numbers, you go up to the number nine. And then to write the number 10, you go into a second column. One zero would mean uh, 10. Now, if you're doing binary, uh, you have the characters zero and one. And if you want to write the number two, then you go into the second column and write a one zero for the number two. One one would be number three. Now, I bombed miserably in science subjects. Um, what I like to say is that it is at the edge of my existing skill set. But I'm wondering if my experience with math and science could have been changed if I could have learned it at least partially through jokes. There's a guy named Tom Lehrer. He must be well into his 90s. MIT professor, uh, also cabaret-style entertainer. Uh, he was a liberal back when liberalism was actually sane. But this guy writes amusing songs about chemistry, phonics, uh, all kinds of educational fields. Fascinating guy. He has one song where he lists all the elements that were known at uh, that time. That would have been in the late 50s, early 60s. Puts it into a very catchy song. You can find that on YouTube. Uh, I think what I like about these uh, science jokes, songs about tables of the elements and stuff like that, is that they're, they're not aggressive jokes. There's no cruelty in those jokes at all. There are jokes that put women down. There are jokes that put men down. Jokes that uh, denigrate ethnic groups. Some of those jokes are lighthearted, others less so. In Germany, you have East Frisian jokes. It's a uh, region of uh, northern Germany where they speak a regional language that is closer to Dutch than it is to German. In Canada, you have Newfie jokes, jokes about people from Newfoundland. But with ethnic humor... Uh, it doesn't take too long for someone to go a little bit too far and for somebody to take a little bit too much offense. So a uh, safe retreat could be the uh, nerdy type of jokes. One joke I heard was, uh, you know, the, the old genre of light bulb jokes. How many feminists does it take to screw in a light bulb? That's not funny. On a uh, more serious note, I'm still trying to
process the situation at America's southern border, where we have the state of Texas putting up razor wire to enforce the U.S. border, and you have a federal border patrol tearing down the uh, razor wire. And um, the Supreme Court has ruled that the United States has a right to uh, tear down that razor wire. And uh, I find it mind-boggling. When I was a kid, it was known that if somebody wanted to immigrate to the United States, one path was to get a sponsor. Somebody who would put up bond. I think back then it was 5000 back when 5000 was a big sum of money. And they promised that if this person became indigent, unable to support themselves, that they, the uh, wealthy sponsor, would take responsibility for their material well-being so that they would not uh, become a um, an expense of the state in terms of being uh, welfare recipients, um, uh, recipients of other forms of government uh, aid. There were lists of organizations that uh, prospective immigrants could not be a member or supporter of if they wanted to gain entry to the United States. Anarchism and various mutations of Mar- Marxism were uh, gaining traction in Europe, and they did not want people bringing those things here. Also, they did not want people taking... Uh, the hostilities of their old country to the United States. Serbs and Croats, Russians and Ukrainians. If you didn't get back, get along well back in Europe, okay. But if you come here, don't bring your, don't bring your fights here. Then of course there was, um, the matter of screening people for diseases. They would give people uh, physical checkups at Ellis Island. Some people were sent back, never made it to the United States because I guess they had tuberculosis or some sort of suspicious condition. Ellis Island in New York was stricter than Galveston, Texas. So there were some people who got barred from entry at uh, Ellis Island, that, but they went to Galveston and they did get in. But all of that's gone. Thousands of people a day are coming through our southern borders. Um, nobody knows what their criminal history is, what their, whether they hold extremist political beliefs that might not be compatible with the American way of life. Diseases, mental or physical. And then, of course, we have uh, criminal gangs that uh, 
help people get across the border and often control the illegal immigrants when they come into the United States. That is an extremely serious situation. We are not protecting ourselves as a country. We are not protecting our national sovereignty. And we are not protecting the citizens and legal residents of the United States who want to live in peace and safety. Part of what's feeding this problem is a below replacement birth rate in the United States of America. If you want to sustain economic growth, then, and you are not producing enough workers on an annual basis, then importing them is a possible solution. And that's a troubling trend because it, it takes a good while to correct that. And then, of course, not only is it the border that is not being protected, but we have uh, organized tolerance of uh, criminal behavior. In some jurisdictions, if a person shopped less, less than I think it was $999 worth of uh, goods. Uh, the district attorney, uh, the prosecutor, they agree not to prosecute them. Quality of life crimes. You have cities like um, San Francisco that have become like open air sewers. A lot of our problems could be solved by unleashing free enterprise. When I was a kid, we had single room occupancy places where people could rent out a room in their home or they could have a building that was set up with uh, single rooms for low income people to keep some sort of roof over their head. Then of course you had, uh, you know, mission homes where people would, uh, you know, open their doors to people who maybe for reasons of alcoholism or whatever troubles they were going through in their personal life that sometimes religious organizations would provide help to such people. But the danger is that whenever you unleash the government on a problem, it's a pretty much an assurance that that problem will never be solved. Because if the problem is solved, then somebody is out of a job. But uh, thankfully, this is an election year. We are not confined to the three major television networks or the legacy media for our exchange of information. We do have talk radio. We have um, WhatsApp groups. We have X, formerly known as Twitter. In the Soviet Union, they used to have what was called Samizdat. And that was basically a network where they would handwrite and type um, subversive manuscripts, what have you.
and they would circulate them by hand. Some of this was infiltrated by the KGB and they would inject toxic materials into the mix. And it was a, for instance, trying to divert um, political frustration into Jew hatred. That was something the czars used to do too. So much like the internet of today, it, it is a buyer beware situation. There's a lot of false information out there. Fake news as President Trump uh, often refers to it as. But as we know, there's fake news in the mainstream media too. And um, faked fact checkers and all kinds of things. Hopefully we can have an honest election. Um, we're off to a rocky start since there's an orchestrated national campaign of legal harassment, lawfare, I guess you would call that, against uh, President Trump, the um, leading candidate uh, running on the Republican side. It's a pretty troubling uh, landscape. Uh, I remember a political cartoon from, I think it was when Nixon was president. And um, there were three presidents drawn as caricature. One was Washington. The caption was, I cannot tell a lie. And then um, there was Nixon with a caption, I cannot tell the truth. And I forget who the third person was, says, I cannot tell the difference. Um, our current president in his um, arguably compromised cognitive state might be panel number three of that political cartoon today. So uh, I think I'll wrap it up. It has been a pleasure uh, sharing my thoughts with you. And uh, I hope to return next week. Have a blessed week. This wraps up another weekly episode of Between the Presets. I thank you all for the pleasure of sharing with me my weekly muse. Whatever platform you access, hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a comment is much appreciated. My email address is thewinterriders at gmail.com. Thewinterriders at gmail.com. Com. Until next week, adio, which in some African languages means born on Monday or be righteous, and closely resembles adios in Spanish. <laughs>